And they said, we're going to start this new company. And uh, this is where we're, what we're going to do. But we need to do a lot of research and we need people to volunteer to do that. And there, there were a hundred people originally. And one person got up and said, this is stupid and left. And that's how the group became called the group of 99. Welcome to the Miles and the Markers podcast. I'm Gene Girdley, your host and author of the book of the same name, The Miles and the Markers, 52 Weeks of Experiences to Improve Your Life and Enhance Your Journey. And today we're going to be talking from the book, Mile 11, Sales is an Honorable Profession. Now, this is a kind of a funny topic because we're going to get into my experience in automotive sales. And the reason I say it's a funny topic is because if you ask consumers to rank professions that are trustworthy, car salespeople rank just above politicians at the bottom of the trustworthy list. And my background in ministry and education makes me an unlikely candidate to be a car salesperson. Or I should say it made me an unlikely candidate to be a car salesperson. So as we get into the book, I'm gonna cover a lot of different things. I'm gonna share from several different resources today. But we have to go back to 1995, early in the year, I was eating breakfast at Molly's Cafe, and I would read the newspaper while I ate breakfast. There actually were newspapers back then. <laughs> and my eyes came across an advertisement in the local newspaper for a job as a sales consultant for Saturn of San Juan Capistrano in California. Now, I think I've shared this in the past. I'm not sure if I've shared it in the context of reading this book or not, but if you're doing ministry work, unless you're the senior pastor of a large church and maybe a successful author, you really don't make a whole lot of money. It's really a passion for service. And I had been a youth minister and then become a lay minister, and I had at this point, recently started a new congregation. So I was doing a lot of other work to supplement the ministry. You know, I could fix cars for people. I did construction work for people. And at this point in time, I had a contract with an appliance repair company and they would let me use their truck that was fully stocked whenever I would work with them. And so I was earning money while I was also doing other jobs. And I'll get into that more in just a few minutes when I read from an article that was written in Sales and Marketing Management Magazine uh, back in October of 1997. And I'll share a little bit more about that. But from my experience with car salespeople, and my ministry background, one would never have considered me to be someone who would sell cars. So prior to selling cars, my wife and I had experiences involving, for example, negotiation. It was a used car. In fact, it was my one of my wife's favorite cars ever. It was a Peugeot. 
sedan. It was champagne colored and she loved that car. And unfortunately, um, somebody pulled out of a driveway and hit her. And even though it was minor damage, it was the car was totaled because at that time, Peugeot, I think, had left the country and, you know, they, they weren't in very high demand, but she loved the car. And when we went to buy the car, the negotiation process was a nightmare. I mean, back and forth and grind and grind. And it ended, as I write in the book, with the sales manager literally slamming down a folder on his desk. He was in another room. We could see him through the glass. We could hear him as the salesperson would go back and forth between us and the manager, us and the manager. He finally slammed his book down, his binder down. And he yelled, quote, take the effing car as he looked at us through the glass. And, and who can forget guys like Cal Worthington and his dog Spot, right? If you need a car truck, go see Cal. If you want to save a buck, go see Cal. If you need a car truck and you want to save a buck, go see Cal, go see Cal, go see Cal. <laughs> Don't worry, you won't hear me sing a whole lot <laughs> on this podcast anyway. I guess if you attended church with me, you'd hear me sing. But um, or, or another one, and this one is kind of famous. You can actually, if you want to really understand the way consumers have in the past viewed the car business and why there are so many disruptors out there right now trying to change the landscape, just go to YouTube and search Ralph Williams, Ralph Williams um, going off or something like that. And, and you'll find Ralph Williams in black and white because he had such a bad reputation. He was just basically going, I don't care what my reputation is. And it's just a foul mouth, straight to the point comments uh, about basically negative perceptions of automotive salespeople and automotive dealers which at the time was horrendous, it's still bad, unfortunately, in some cases. So I'm sitting there at Molly's Cafe in San Juan Capistrano reading the newspaper. I scan an ad and the ad says, traditional car salesmen need not apply. So what did that mean? Traditional car salesmen need not apply. Well, I showed up the next day with my resume in hand because I was looking for a career where I could make money to provide for my family. And I had never thought about selling cars. Now I do want to backtrack a little bit because I had sold other things before. Um, my parents were Amway distributors years and years and years ago. And uh, I would, as a young man, you know, 12 years old, go to their meetings with them and see some of their demonstrations. And so occasionally when I had nothing to do and want to make a little bit of money, I'd go door to door with their Amway products and sell them to people. <laughs> they actually had um, a bug spray that was so safe that they would demonstrate it by spraying it on their finger and licking the bug spray. So I was wandering around the neighborhood with a can of bug spray, spraying it on my hand door to door and licking the bug spray. <laughs> There's Gene Girdley, the demonstrator salesman. But the process, now back to the book, the process my career would take later 
would be to learn and teach the story behind Saturn Corporation and how different it indeed was. Their slogan was a different kind of company, a different kind of car. Now, part of that story involved my dealer principal. His name was John Campbell, who actually served in Congress as a U.S. congressman for, I think, 13 or 14 years. I don't remember for sure. But he was on a plane to go to a dealer meeting, and he ended up sharing a seat right next to someone who most of people in the car business know. His name is Carl Sewell. He wrote the book, Customers for Life. Now, John Campbell already had a Mazda dealer, Nissan dealer, Ford dealer, and Saturn hadn't been in existence at this point. And John was one of the first dealers in the country to do a no-hassle, no-haggle approach at his existing dealerships. And there's a great story behind John and his dad used to be a newspaper editor for the Los Angeles Times and his dad actually bought the dealerships originally. And then um, because his dad was not a finance guy and John was a CPA um, who was still in school at, at, I believe, USC at the time, his dad asked him to come to the dealership during the summer and go through the books. So John actually got a trailer and parked it at the Nissan store and spent the whole summer going through the books and identified some of the horrible, nonsensical, crooked stuff that was going on at his dad's dealership. And he eventually basically took over the dealers uh, on behalf of his dad. So um, really an interesting story. John is a fabulous guy. I think I've said before that there was only a handful of people that I ever would work for at dealerships. And John is certainly one of them. In fact, I also worked for him after I had become a Saturn trainer. Uh, He called me back and asked me to come back to work for him at his Saab franchises that he had opened. So um, I am so grateful for John and who he is as a person and what he allowed me to do in my career. So it was a great experience with John, but he was sitting on this plane with Carl Sewell and Carl mentioned this new company that GM was putting out called Saturn. And he explained the story that he had heard. And if John wasn't the first one to sign the dealer agreement, he was certainly within the top one or or two um, to sign the Saturn agreement to become a Saturn dealer. And he eventually had four Saturn stores. And one of the unique things that Saturn did, so first of all, real briefly, the background is that the story goes that Saturn brought 100 people or General Motors brought 100 people into a room. They were managers and leaders within the organization. They said, we're going to start this new company and uh, this is where we're, what we're going to do, but we need to do a lot of research and we need people to volunteer to do that. And there, there were 100 people originally, and one person got up and said, this is stupid and left. And that's how the group became called the Group of 99. And they put in 2 million man hours of research and they came up with things like no hassle, no haggle and the market area approach. Because the number one thing that consumers said they hated about shopping for cars was the negotiation process because of how long it took and they didn't know if they were really getting a good deal. And the number one thing that dealers said they didn't like in this research was that there was their dealership right here on this corner and a mile away, the, the organization would sell another dealership to somebody else. And then customers would go back and forth between the dealers and play them against each other. 
And so that's how Saturn came up with the market area approach where a dealer would own an entire market and that way, and then they would advertise within their own market. And so John owned Saturn of Orange County. So he had the whole county of Orange County, California and four stores within that at its peak. And that helped the dealers to stabilize their own market. And it was a wonderful approach and, and such a great idea involved with that. So John was one of the first to build a franchise uh, in Orange County, California. And he was also one of the first to sign the Saturn agreement. So I write that little story in the book about he signed up for the franchise. And then I talk about the values, Saturn values that were developed. Uh, and this was based on that research as well. It was based on what customers wanted. It was based on what dealers said they needed. It was based on what people who worked in dealerships said that they wanted and they looked for. And in this case, there was a mission, a philosophy, and five values. And those five Saturn values, as I said, fit me like a glove. And they included things like focusing on customer enthusiasm, teamwork, continuous improvement. A few weeks ago, I shared the story about the Marine who came and bought the car for me from Camp Pendleton. And I talked about the Saturn values card that we carried around in our pocket. And the first value on the list is commitment to customer enthusiasm. And that's the one that I pointed to when I talked to my manager and said, hey, look at that right there. Is this Marine going to be enthusiastic when he leaves this dealership if we don't pay for that? So commitment to customer enthusiasm is number one. Commitment to excel. And excel simply means to surpass others to be superior in some respect or area. And some synonyms to excel are to outdo, to shine, to transcend, uh, to eclipse, some of those words. The next value was teamwork. Then the next value was trust and respect for the individual. And the last value was commitment to continuous improvement. And we made this easy to remember, three C's and two T's. So commitment to customer enthusiasm, commitment to excel, teamwork, trust and respect for the individual, and commitment to continuous improvement. So those values were values that as a minister, as an educator, were easy for me to adapt to. And the idea of no hassle, no haggle, and honest and upfront pricing was a perfect fit. Now, later, and I think I am going to talk about this elsewhere in the book, but I thought it'd be a good time to actually read from the article that was written in the October 1997 Sales and Marketing Management Magazine with Michael Dell on the cover. And it says how he assembled the number one sales force. And so they listed the top 100 sales forces at the time. And Saturn came in at number 13. And I got a call from their editor who interviewed me. Her name is Sarah Lorge. I'm actually connected to her on LinkedIn today. And she wrote this little piece. She wrote the article about um, Saturn, but then... She also wrote little pop-outs, blurbs called the President's Club. And that idea actually came from Saturn of Orange County. We had a thing called the President's Club, where if you made the President's Club, then John would take you away, you and, and your significant other, for um, 
three days, all expenses paid, do whatever you want. And uh, it was just such a great experience. So I was fortunate enough to make the President's Club. And uh, in the President's Club blurb on page 66, Sarah wrote, Highway to Heaven. And so I'm going to read from that article. Gene Girdley is the last person you'd figure to be a car salesman. That's because Girdley, 39, is an ordained Protestant minister. In 1995, he was leading a home fellowship group of 30 people who met twice a week, teaching high school and coaching football and baseball, while he and his wife were raising four kids of their own. To clarify, I was teaching junior high at the time. Quote, it got to be pretty scary financially, Girdley says. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I started looking for a company to work for whose values were in line with mine, end quote. Girdley answered an ad for a sales consultant with a Saturn retailer in San Juan Capistrano, California. With no higher power than complete faith in the Saturn sales process, which instructs sales consultants, quote, to work with the customers focusing on their wants and needs to help them in the decision-making process to purchase a vehicle, end quote. Girdley finished second in sales in Orange County that first year. Quote, if there is one part that sums it up for me, Girdley says, it's the greeting. I say, welcome to Saturn of San Juan. Is this your first visit to a Saturn retailer? And after they respond, we provide honest upfront information throughout the sales process. In April 1996, Girdley became a financial services manager. He's the person customers speak to once they've decided to buy a car. Girdley explains the payment plans and lets customers know about the optional features on the car. Again, Girdley tops the region in his category, dollars per car average, which is revenue that is generated above the price of the car. In early July, after an extensive interview process, Girdley was hired by Saturn in Spring Hill, Tennessee, as a traveling trainer. He joins an elite group of 15 Saturn trainers in the country. When they asked me, why do you want to be a trainer? I said, because I believe we can do the Saturn process and still make money, Girdley says. You really can do it Saturn-like, end quote. Although the new job will require some travel, <laughs> and 25 years later of travel, he and his family are convinced that it's the right move for him. Quote, I'm cut out to be an educator, Girdley says. It's where my visions lie. And that's the end of that article. So uh, I was honored to be able to be a part of that. And uh, I still have that magazine here in my folder, which I pulled the sheet out and read from. So, um, you know, I was an educator and I really believe that education, when it comes to people shopping for a car, uh, or when it comes to people learning about your dealership or learning about products or services or what processes are, that education is the key. Sales is nothing more to me than education. And that's what makes it an honorable profession if you will focus on that. The challenge is that we still have too many dealers out there who are simply focused on the transaction. They really don't care much about the consumer as a human being. And that's why there are so many disruptors out there. But the interesting part about all of this is you hear this story is how many people are trying today, not, and I shouldn't say really people, I should say how many manufacturers and dealer groups and dealers are trying to put on a cloak or clothe themselves 
with what appears to be a process very similar to what Saturn did. Now, there are some who are doing it exactly that way. And I think it's interesting. Uh, I was asked yesterday um, during a podcast interview about Saturn and whether or not Saturn was just ahead of its time. And uh, I talk more in the book about the Saturn story, so I'm not going to get into it too much here. Stay tuned for that. But yes, in fact, I do believe that Saturn was probably ahead of its time, not for consumers, but for the automotive industry. They just weren't ready yet to do what customers really want because the focus for them is their bottom line. And it still is, unfortunately, for too many. Now, I sum this up, this mile with two quotes from Zig Ziglar regarding sales. And they made a huge difference in my career. The first is, quote, you can get everything you want in life as long as you help enough other people get what they want, end quote. The second is, quote, don't try to change someone's mind. Help them make a new decision based on new information. And that was related to how I addressed what are commonly known as objections, right? I don't try to change their mind. Just try to help them make a new decision based on new information. And my career skyrocketed partly because of my sales success and in part because of my past as an educator and a minister. And so the mile marker, mile marker 11 from the book, understand the qualities of a sales professional, such as honesty and integrity, provide value in your products and services and make sure they meet your clients' wants and needs. So that's it for the podcast for Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. I appreciate you for joining me today. And every time you decide to listen to the Miles and the Markers podcast, go out and make it a great rest of your week. God bless you and have a great day.